year is 1929. On March 31st, the Easter Day's Women Parade lit torches of freedom, which was just women smoking because they weren't allowed to. <laughs> That's really good, actually. Thank you. Something else that happened in 1929 is the stock market crashed, leading it to the Great Depression. And the thing that matters for our podcast that happened in 1929 was the first ever Academy Award. The Oscars were invented in 1929. And the first Academy Awards in 1929 honored films all the way back to 1927. Uh, and the award winner for that year was Wings. Wings. A movie we watched. And uh, We watched all of it. All of it. All two, two hours, hours and, and 11 minutes. minutes. We're going to talk about this Academy Award winning movie for Best Picture, Wings. We're also going to talk about every Academy Award winning movie for Best Picture and Best Director forever? That's for as long as they go. For That's at 93 years. To catch uh, up on. Which is $7 short of a full hundo of, of, of award winning movies. These movies have won an award. And what does that mean? And yeah, like what what does that mean, right? Like I guess that's why we're doing this is because like like the Oscars are this like huge event that as of as of this recording might not happen. Um in the year 2020. In the year 2020, the but um unless unless of course my dream, my true dream of Sonic the Hedgehog winning best picture happens. It's a sh- it's all a sham. It's all a sham. Yeah, I think part of the reason anyways that I wanted to do this was because you hear about the Oscars and how, like, oh, pretentious they are. But that's how we see them nowadays, is not really being earned and is being pretentious. But there must have been a time when people genuinely thought that the Oscars was, like, a valuable thing to do, to, like, com- like commemorate this amazing achievement in film. But also the people commemorating it were a lot of rich white dudes. So what do they value? Yeah, so the question is, is, like, are these movies actually good or, or is this just like a bunch of just like, you know... Mixed, Friends jacking each other yeah, off. Yeah, just phallic hand motions left and right, you know. Just... Ah, uh, Richie Joey made another film. Give him the give Oscar. Him, give him the prize. Um, so so the, the discussion is really not, not what is happening in the movie per se, but like what this movie is. And what it says about the society at the time. Because we live in one. Time Honored Pictures presents... Presents. Wings! I'm your host, uh, Mavis, and I'm going to be trying to look at things from, like, a feminist perspective and a not-heterosexual perspective. Um, I'm Andy Reyes. I'm going to be looking at this movie from primarily minority immigrant perspectives, um... If not my own personal experiences, I will definitely like pull in research from other people who I think have something of value to say about those experiences. Um, and I will also be doing the same um, for uh, other people's experiences who might not be represented. And I think uh, you're also going to do that. I'll as try much as my you best can. to do the same. Yeah. Um, the because the whole point of this is to just to watch these old movies, most of which, like as a person who likes movies, mm-hmm. I have not seen. Like I've rarely watched movies made before the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, but to look at these old movies with a lens that is not who they were designed for. And to see if they have any value. If they hold up. If there's anything there. Mm-hmm. If there's if there's anything at all. Something to latch onto. Or maybe. if nothing else, to bash on these terrible old movies. Really, I think... Um, there's probably going to be a lot of that. You should yeah, expect a lot of that. I, I have a hunch that for most of these early movies, we're going to be okay... And then my, my guess has always been when we hit the, like, really hit the 50s is when, like, we're really going to start hitting the shit. Because that's, like, post-World War II, Ooh. like, the regression of American society into, like, the nuclear family and, like, women losing their independence and all of the, like, I of, am excited to get it's, there. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a while before we encounter movies in which that's going to be possible because so many of these movies are... So very... So incredibly white and straight, straight. and cis. Um, that's, which, is, which is not to say that, like, 
movies like that don't have value. Yeah. But it is hard to critique them from a lens that is not that lens because there just isn't a critique to be had there. Yeah. I mean, like, there's lesbians for, like, two seconds of this movie and it is incredibly exciting. It but, is. So, but, but they're French lesbians, so, like, you know. But uh, it's, it's also incredible. I think it's also incredibly depressing, right? Because, and we'll, we'll get into it, but, like, it, it's, it, it, it speaks to a frame of mind of, of like exoticism, and, yeah. and I think that's going to be true for a lot of these movies. But it also says a lot that it's two lesbians and not two gay people. We are, lesbians are fun, but gays are, are not okay. We are talking about this movie too much already, and I did not mean to do that. So let's roll back a little. Let's bit. Let's roll back. Factoids about the movie that are not necessarily in the movie. Yeah, they're not necessarily in the movie. Uh, the movie was okay. So Wings was directed by William A. Wellman. Um, it was written by Julian Johnson. Um, and, and, and I mean that literally, like, there's a lot of, phys- like, writing in this movie that was done by Julian Johnson. Um, His sentences are sometimes rough. But the story was written by uh, Hope Loring and Louis D. Leiden, starring Clara Bow, Charles Buddy Rogers, and uh, Richard Arlen. And Gray Cooper. Gary, Gary and Gary, uh, yeah, also up. Gary Cooper. Gary Cooper. So this was a lost film until 2011, and it was restored... Um, from a spare negative that was discovered in Paramount's vault. <laughs> so what happens in this movie? Um, so this is a movie, uh, briefly, about a boy who really wants to fly planes and treats his next-door neighbor like garbage. This next-door neighbor loves him. Her name is Mary. Mary loves Jack. Jack is our main character. Jack loves Sylvia. I guess they live next door? It's unclear. But Sylvia and David are, like, engaged. Um, and they love each other. But Jack really doesn't give a shit what Sylvia wants or says, and is like, I'm going to take your picture with me to war, even though you're literally refusing mm-hmm. peace. The, the, um, the, the, and the, the, the rest of the movie is really just about these two dudes uh, being yeah. in a war. Jack and David quickly become friends. Fast friends. Fast lovers, friends. even. They're really framed with so much romantic tension. I don't, see, and here's the thing is, I don't think that, they mean to be. They mean to be. It's just I think that the the, the language, a lot of la- a lot of film language that this movie uses to show that they're good friends these days is the same film language that we use to show that two people are romantically involved, um, and I think that's just like a change in the times because people were I think a lot more touchy yeah. back then than we are today. I think this this real like macho posturing of this like, real men. ideal of brotherly love was more infectious than it is now well yeah like men being like these like stoic isolations of like grumbly non-talkativeness didn't really come around until like the john wayne days right uh john wayne gacy the serial killer no i'm just <laughs> kidding um john wayne the actor um right but like like before i think before that ideal of man uh male relationships were often incredibly like r- and, and I don't know, like, you could talk about this in terms of, like, like, what, like, how true this is. But I, I, I want to believe that just there was a time when I think men were just more intimate with each other. And that was expected. Um, and later, like, as time went on, this idea of, like, men as a bastion took hold. Interesting. Be- because I, I think there's just a lot of touching in this movie that, like really all like threw me off like like people don't really do that with each other anymore um yeah so this is a movie that really really loves airplane men good plane boys it wants to kiss them it's called wings it's called wings you should have expected it um following the spot these two men become fast friends lovers who's to say who's to say and mary who is so dedicated to Jack. Mary loves Jack so much. It's a like it's a crime. It is a crime. Um, like she, not for like Jack. That that Jack is like so flippant with her. Jack does not give a shit about Mary literally at all. Also, we should mention at this point, Jack sucks. Jack has done nothing redeeming literally in the entire movie. David is the hero of this movie. He is a saint who will only become better with time. He literally he like literally martyrs himself. Like um, falls on he he like dies five times. <laughs> So Mary goes out to the war to be supportive um, because she's a good patriot. And I desperately wish Mary had more character than she does. It sucks because this actress is clearly, A, she's, she's like first billing. Like this, this movie stars her and then also features these two fucking guys, these three fucking dudes, right? Mm -hmm. But like this, we spend a lot of time with her in this movie, but she really seems to just be like comedic relief. 
Yeah. Like, look at this woman being a woman in a war. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Um, um, so she goes out to war, and then for the second time in her life gets very violently shut down by uh, Jack. Jack gets sent back home in a moment that I'll talk about later. And uh, David proceeds to die like three times. Yeah, he dies like three times. Well, no, because he, he tries to tell Jack, hey, Jack. Yeah, maybe you actually love this girl. Maybe the you should girl leave my fiance alone. alone. And then Jack gets like pissy about it, and then David dies, and now Jack's really sad about it. And so he goes to avenge David, ends up killing David, uh, in, in a in a very uh, comedy in a comedy of errors, shall we say? Um, because David's a fucking just, but David's a fucking hero, and like in his dying moment, Jack is like hugging him, and David they're almost kissing. Him. They're like mouth. They do kiss. Jack kisses David, but like tongue doesn't enter mouth. So I was oh, dissatisfied. I wrote it down. Much like in Peter Pan, it's a secret kiss on the side of the lips. Mm-hmm. Oh, what happens after that? Oh, he goes home. He has goes a, home. Has a parade. Everyone forgives him for killing their son, David. For killing David. It, Every, he never everyone. interacts with the fiance again. Fun fact. That it is wild to me that that fiance like never has another screen time in the. She like she has a letter at the end, and that's it. She like never gets to. And oh we'll no, she's sitting sad at the swing. She, no, but like her and Jack never see each other again. Jack hits on her relentlessly for years. We have to assume because he's sending her letters. Kills and stuff. her. Kills fiance. the only man she loved. And David. then just fucking ghosts her. The only man I ever loved. It's true. David. Jack is a piece of shit in this movie. He but sucks David so bad. is literally the most patient man. Patient also, to a flaw. Also a hunk of a man. They're both, I think, attractive. No, I mean, no. It really depends on what you're into, I guess. Um. The, so, let's get into... That's a summarization of the movie. Let's yeah. get into topics. The game is... How old is their co-star? How old are they? Oh, wow. Do, 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 do. Okay, so how much older than Clara Bow mm-hmm. do you think? Actually, and I also want to know who, who uh, what the other woman's name is, even though she's not in the movie that long. I assume you can't guess because you're looking it up. I can't guess, but actually I can because I haven't looked it up yet. Okay. I, I actually think that they're all about the same age. Fair. I think... Clara Bow was older. I think. I think really? Clara Bow is like two or three years older. Really? How? Yeah. Here's a fun guess. How old do you think Clara Bow was during the making of this movie? I don't know. Um, I mean that's why you have to guess. That's why it's a guess because we don't know. I do know. Um, I think they're in their thirties. I think both of them are in their thirties, but I think Clara Bow is slightly older than the male. So Clara Bow was born in 1905, wow. which puts her at 20. Two? Wow. She when is this movie came out? beautiful. That's so young. That is incredibly young. Um, so now we have... Who else? Who's next? Um, Her lover, Jack. That's right, Jack. I'm sorry, I need to find a cast listing. Oh. To wrap up the summary, even though Jack is literally never given a shit about Mary, he gets with Mary in the end because he gets the war reward. Oh, yeah. This woman. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, Clara Bow, 27th thing of this film. She was born, when was she born again? 1905? 19... Is that what I said? Okay, cool. So Charles Rogers, uh, actor and jazz musician, apparently. Mm-hmm. Born in 1904. Wow! Only one year older. Dang, I was super wrong. Richard Arland, 1899. Wow. Uh, that's significant. That's 28. Yeah. So several years older than his two stars. And Jobina Ralston. That's a rough name. Jobina, I do not know. I also don't know. She's an American actress. Yeah, so I I assume it's pronounced Jobina. It could also be like Jobnia, but I don't know. Job? Jobnia? Jobnia? Jobina? Jobina? Jobiana? She was also born in 1899, so she's the exact same age as Richard Arlen. Wow, they did a great job with their co-stars. This ca- good this, job, this film. This, this casting was great. This casting was good. Here's a fun fact that I just, like, while looking at a Wikipedia page, just kind of browsed over. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, played a plucky shop girl in a movie called It. Huh. Uh, and solidified the, the her, uh, her nickname for the rest of her life, but also a common phrase that we used. The It Girl. 
So nifty. she originated that, so... That's why she's the header in this film. I bet, I bet, because I think she was popular before this movie even came out. Nice. Um, Go her. But, yeah, it came out the same year, actually. I think it's actually really nice that, like, the It Girl from the time was, like, a kind of, like, very froofy, curly-haired woman. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that was the style, right? Like, the yeah, like, middle of the Roaring Twenties, the flapper girl. Yeah. Um, they do, in fact, put her in a flapper dress in this movie. Yes, they do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but they also put her in a much better outfit, which is the... We'll this, this get there. We'll get there. All we'll black, get there. amazing man-spreading uniform. She wears a uniform, and it's super hot. At one point, she, like, lays on the ground and is, like, just spread out, and it's super, like, 10 out of 10 mad lesbian vibes. It was attractive. It's great. And then they're like, no, but you should become a slab of meat for this man. Wear this whore stripper outfit. And uh, it doesn't work. But you know, whatever. I guess, I, I guess it, on the one hand, like it sucks, this movie's treatment of her. It's nice that her doing this like, like what it was that the woman says, putting out the sugar for a yeah, man. Yeah, putting out the sugar for a man. Absolutely does not work. But it's not that it doesn't it, work because he's better than that. It's it, that he's too drunk to It's that to he's care. just so drunk. And the, this movie's idea of what drunk people are is like, this man is like drunk on like 500,000 gallons of LSD. Because he's just seeing Walt Disney animated bubbles all over the place. It's weird. It, this scene lasts so long. It's like it's, 10 minutes, but it feels like 30 it hours. It felt like a whole movie in and of itself that I just didn't want to watch. We can't... We're already here, so I'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, we can it. talk about it. Let's talk. So, immediately after this scene, um, Mary has been set up as, like, this war nurse. And she's set up pretty proficiently. Like, we see her traveling around and doing her job. Um, so, it's a real shame what happens next. So, she goes to go fetch him, her man Jack, and be like, you have to go back to the war. Oh, war. And he's super drunk, and so she has to, like, carry him into a room. And a French woman is like, you should fucking whore yourself out to this man so he'll really love you. And that doesn't work. And so she's, like, putting him in bed, and she's getting undressed so she can put back on her officer's uniform, right? Uh, and some officers walk in and see this man lying in bed and see her, like, half-naked because she's getting undressed and basically tell her because she's having sex, she has to... She's fired. Yeah. She has to go back home. And the most fucking sexist, like, oh, women aren't allowed to fuck soldiers. But also, these two men fucking ogle her for, like, a solid ten seconds, being like, oh my god, we miss women. It's like, okay, so you're allowed to be fucking horny on Maine and to go to this prostitution house and fuck. But if a woman fucks, she has to leave. It's super bullshit. It's so, like, blatantly sexist and awful. And also, Jack is never sorry for it. Another thing Jack never repents for. It, it's it's absolutely wild, Jack's character, because nothing about this movie ever... F- like, he, he gets, like... The only time he ever gets to really do a good thing is at the end. And I guess, I don't know... He gets to do two good things. At one point, somebody mentions Mary's character being fired. And it's like, ah, she probably got fired because she was being a whore and having sex. They don't say it that blatantly, but it's basically that. And... Jack, in literally the first moment of kindness he's ever given to Mary, is like, hey, Mary's my childhood friend, don't say that. I'll punch you. And that's it. That's the only moment we're given where he has literally any kindness towards Mary. And then immediately after that, he he talks about how much he loves Sylvia. Like, no, I actually love this other woman. And fuck you, David, for liking her. For for fuck you, David, for being engaged to Sylvia. How dare you? A woman you, I'm like, blatantly hitting on, even though I know you're engaged. Let me show you the nude that she was planning on giving you. It's just a photo of her face. It's just it's not a nude, but he did take a photo from Sylvia that she did not give him. That's literally written for David. And David being like, "Ah, oh, this young man, it will break his heart to know Sylvia doesn't he, love him." He literally, like, on the back of this photo, she wrote to David, and David's like, "I can't let him." No, see it's like this. to David. I, to David, I love you with all my heart. David, you know what, David? Fuck Jack. I only love you. If Jack reads this, he's a piece of shit. I hope he yeah. dies. And then David's like, "I can't let Jack. <laughs> Jack is my best friend, and I can't ever let him see this. It would break his heart to know." And Jack shits on him. Just totally shits Jack on him. Jack literally lets him die. 
Jack's like, you know what? It, we, we're, I'm gonna let you die, and then he dies. And, and then Jack's he dies. like, and Jack's like, that's not enough. Now I have to kill you myself. Okay, that's not what happens. <laughs> but, no. Jack is very upset about it. He's like, I can't believe I've done this. And then later he kills him. And then again. later he kills him. But for in, real this in, time, in, like in the fucking rage of war. What? Do you want to talk about the jump scare this movie has? Oh, that's right. Like at the beginning of this movie, there's a fucking war we are jump scared by war we have like like five paragraphs of like how war is happening the world is about to have a war youth has to sacrifice itself on the shores of blah, war blah blah well the, the thing is is they never actually say the word war until the very end when it's like and what is it what is this dark cloud forming dot 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 and then like jumping out at the screen like it's a also fucking, like trumpets play like, like, like it's a fucking ghost jumping out of your tv and poltergeist war war uh, and it's dumb. It it's sets a stupid. mood. I can't believe this movie fucking won an Oscar for a jump scare of war. Uh, something um, this movie is very good at, though, is making you love David. David is amazing. David is like... Anytime David is on screen, and especially when David is like fighting yeah. the odds of not dying, you are invested in this you, movie. You are so rooting for... I mean, so this movie David kind of... David is literally the best human being to exist. Like, ah, oh, this man keeps hitting on my fiancé. It's cool, we're bros, I don't want him to like, die of heartbreak. Yeah, like, he's just a kid, I can't let him know that I love a woman too. Uh, but also, like, so, so David, David goes to, to Sylvia and she's like, I had to give him the letter, he's just so pathetic. Yeah. And David's like, I totally understand, I still love you. And well, like, he's upset about it, but he gets over yeah, it. Yeah, he gets over it pretty quickly, because like, yeah, he gets it, Jack's a piece yeah. of shit. Um, but then he goes home and his mom has this like little teddy bear that she made him. And he's like, you know what, mom, I'm going to take this teddy bear to war with me. Instead of a new from my like fiance that got stolen. But like for good luck, you know, to remind me of home. And it's adorable. It's such a good scene. He's such like a nice, caring man where we've only seen David shit on his best friend. I I think the only thing about, no, Jack. Cause yeah, like, I don't know. David is such a good character. I think... Anybody watching this movie today would be surprised that this guy. Okay, the the one thing I would knock against him is that he is rich, right? Like I think the movie he even says bougie. that he is bougie as fuck. But he's got like the heart of a working man. Whereas, Whereas Jack, Jack has is a working man. But has the heart of a bougie. Just a total piece of shit. Like the world is my oyster, and I and I get the right to fuck it. Like Jack sucks so hard. But like, I I feel like anybody watching this movie today would be like, yeah, David's clearly the main character. Like, yeah, like, they're both our main characters, but David's clearly the main character. Yeah. Jack is clearly, like, the... Not the antagonist. The, the deuteragonist. The um, but also, the the opening of their friendship is that Jack keeps fucking bullying David oh, for yeah. no reason Jack- other than the fact that he wants to fuck his fiance. A thing that, again, he kind of has no right to do. Because she doesn't even like she him. She doesn't even like him. And and so so he beats the shit out of him. And David's like, you know what, buddy? I'm just going to keep on rolling with the punches. And Jack's like, you're a, you're you're a pretty re- all right dude. Yeah. He just bullies him. And David's still a really good person. So Jack's like, I guess we can be pals. Because you've taken this amount of abuse all of training camp. So, so they're just friends now. And I feel like it just it sucks so much to just watch these two other characters that we like. David and Mary. Mary just get shat on constantly by this main character for no reason. It's true. He's just, he literally does like one nice thing his whole life and that's defend Mary's honor before immediately talking about how much he loves Sylvia mm-hmm. and then shitting on Jack. And then letting Jack die. I fucked up. His name is David. God, you got me <laughs> doing it too. And then letting David, David die. die. So a thing that happens in this movie a lot that is not like a major plot point is there's so much movement in every frame that works really well in the war scenes because something's always happening. But in the still scenes, there's still like so much movement happening that is so distracting. Yeah, people are constantly doing stuff. It's like watching people in like the background of a TV show like that don't know what to do with themselves when they're not talking. Like everybody's like, like there could be... There could be a scene of two characters talking, and there'll be, like, 30 other people just kind of milling about doing shit. Or if it's two characters talking, one of them will be, like, snapping or something. Like, they'll just be doing some movement. <laughs> like, we're here in a jazz band, baby. Yeah, let's talk about the fact that I love your girlfriend. Like, no, it's weird. And I don't... I, I think part of it is just, like, it's early film. It's still... We're still in the silent film era. I think people are just excited to see things moving on screen. I think... 
I think today we we get a lot more, but also it, it makes it so that I guess like to backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, it, yes, everything constantly moving and being hectic is distracting, but also there are moments in the movie when not a lot is happening, and because because they're, they are so still, it really kind of brings it into focus. Yeah. Like the ending of the movie when um, David is totally fucking dying. It's just Jack and David, and there's like five other people around. Yeah. But when... there There's also a scene later when Jack is like alone in David's parents' house... And then the it, the movie just cuts to a photo of David on the mantle, and you're just like, wow, this... Or no, 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 even earlier, when fucking David get, just, just got murdered by Jack. Jack mm-hmm. just like, riddled him with bullets, perforated him like he was a fucking goose. Um, I don't think that's how you kill geese. But, um, like, and then, like... The movie just, out of nowhere, it seems, cuts to a woman praying in front of Jesus. And you're like, oh, I can this movie the chill scene. a little bit? We can talk about it now. The movie really frames David as being Jesus. Like, Zack Snyder could have taken a couple of notes from, frame, from how to frame a character as Jesus. So, Jack is shooting David, unbeknownst to him. And we cut to... This woman clad all in black with her child praying in front of a little Jesus figurine. A, a Virgin Mary, almost. And uh, she hears the plane, grabs her child, runs out of the way, and and David's plane runs into the Jesus! Fly, like, into the church, just completely wrecks it. Not only that, but later, when they're in each other's arms, it is kind of framed like that scene... Like that famous painting. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, is it Pieta? The Pieta. It's, it's yeah that that one statue of like Mary holding Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is framed that way. In um, a, in, in some heavy symbolism that literally just made me go. So David is Jesus. So David is Jesus. And his ever his never ending patience was because he was Jesus, he was Jesus and he's died for our he's died for Jack's sins. I mean, it, I, I think for it, Jack's many many sins. I, it, it's weird how I don't think this movie understands. It's wild. I don't think this movie understands what it's doing with the visual language. Because at this point, film is too young to have established what is now, you know, a hundred years of visual language. Mm-hmm. At that time, at that time was like, you know, 10 or 20 years of visual language. A lot of this movie's framing is is like frenetic and mm-hmm. natural. Not what I would say naturalistic as opposed to staged or on a stage. But because of that, there are a lot of shots framed in ways where I'm just like, this is gorgeous. I, but it's not... It's not conveying anything, or it's conveying something that I don't think the director intended to convey. Honestly, one thing that I think this movie deserves a ton of credit for is this movie is beautifully shot. Gorgeous. It's absolutely fucking beautiful. I w- was blown away. I didn't expect this movie to be such so prettily shot. There is one one shot in particular, which mm-hmm. is which is when when Jack when Mary meets Jack in the French. What is it? It's a it's a prostitution house, a Bordeaux, if you will. Yeah. And, um, like, the camera from the, from the entrance of, <laughs> I haven't seen that, from the, from the entrance of this, like, Bordeaux, like, like, dollies in and then just starts going across the floor and, like, over, over tables. tables. And it's and, so good. And it's good because there are people, like, sitting at those tables doing things and the camera, like, goes through like between these people and it's like you're seeing mary's line of sight like she's cutting across all of these tables to see the one person to, she's always looking to for focus jack. in on jack and then jack is and jack's entrance is amazing because as the camera's dolling into him he's interacting with the people around him and then right when the camera gets close he picks up a glass and champagne is poured into it as it is directly in front of its face and it is such a beautiful shot for the, like, ten minutes of absolute shit filmmaking that happened after it. For the ten minutes of fucking bubble animation that, that follow. But it is... Honestly, I think it, it's worth recommending just finding that shot and watching it. It's really good. That's also the shot in which you see two lesbians. Yes, just, like, right there happening. And, like, we could talk about... I, I, we could talk a little bit about, like, the exotic... It, 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 I'll, maybe later, but, like, I, I want to focus on this for now. Like, the... I think the thing about this that really gets to me is that this movie was made in 19... I assume this movie was made in about 1926 because it came out in 27 and might have been made sooner. The... The... Like, the technology that we associate with doing this kind of a shot does not exist. Dollies do not exist. Steadicam does not exist. CGI does not exist, right? Like, corrective lenses don't exist. Like, 
how like I, I'm like blown away because how did they do this? But also how did they 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 had to have rehearsed this? This had to have been planned. It it it, it like you don't see shots like this in movies anymore. And if you do, they don't look as good. Like there is a similar shot at the beginning of David Fincher's film. I forget what it's called. It's the one where the there's like it's like a house invasion movie. But there's a shot in the movie where the camera like is like going from one end of the house to the other. And, and I think this shot sucks ass because it's clearly done with CGI because it's an impossible camera where it goes from one house, it turns around and it goes through like, like a mug handle over a counter and then like through a keyhole out the other side of the house. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a decent shot, but it's clearly done all in CGI because there's no, like if the camera is moving in ways that physically cannot happen. Yeah. If they had... If they had managed to do it, I think, without CGI through an actual house and, like, made this happen in one go, I think it would have been better, mm -hmm. right? Like, there's a certain beauty that comes from looking at a shot and realizing, oh, they did this for real. Um, I think there is an amount, like, I think this works for all kinds of art forms, but there's an amount of time and effort that will go into art that you just cannot replicate any other way but putting in the time and effort. And this shot, like, screams that. Yeah, it just... And there are a lot of shots in this movie that I think have that well-oiled, like, practice went into getting the shot to work. Yeah, I... This is less impressive, but I think visually also very on the same sort of note. The shot where Mary comes into the town that's about to be bombed, and she's framed by, like, the graveyard and the church and, like, where everyone's yeah, staying no, in the no, bomb absolutely, shelter. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And then you, her car is, like, the darkest thing in the shot. It's beautiful. That's also, like, a really good shot. There are a lot of aerial shots, and I wasn't expecting that. Like, a lot of shots from the, the sky air. and... I, I think it's a thing that I think is surprising to see because I think once we get into sound, once we get into the talkies era, which is I guess we're still in, but like once once talkies really start making a thing, you can't do shots like that anymore because they're it's just so loud. Yeah. But back in the silent film era, it was fine. Like it didn't matter how loud it was because it was going to be silent anyway. You were just going to have like an orchestral track over it and some sound effects. Uh, speaking of shots, there are a lot of really good plane shots. It's a movie called Wings. You should have expected them, but the, they're there. Yeah, the aerial stuff is great. Um, also, just another thing of, like, those are actual planes that they're actually flying, oh. except for there are a couple of shots that are really good miniature shots yeah. that I think are good, but but there are some of them. They honestly blend in pretty well. If you're not looking for them, you won't see them. Yeah, but also there are just some shots where I'm, like, genuinely not sure. Like, there's a car crash that happens towards yeah, the end I was of the gonna, I wanted to mention the car crash, because that car crash, and I... I'm not sure, but I feel like it had to be a real car. Yeah, no, it was definitely a real car, and there were also definitely still real people in that car pretending to be dead, and, like, one of them flops out of it, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody died making this movie. Um, I don't think anyone did, but Speaking I wouldn't be surprised. Speaking of deaths, though, there are some very comical deaths. Specifically that one guy who gets shot in the neck. You don't see the bullet that he just grabs at his neck and then, like, spits up some chocolate milk. I do think it's And eight. then he, like, flops around for, like, 20 minutes. It's, like, 10 minutes, but still, it's so long. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, like a lot of hammy, what we would consider hammy acting. I think it's fine for the most part, but yeah. yeah. Like, there's every once in a That's while That's the somebody... only one that really stuck out to me was this one guy being like, oh, no. No, no, there's that soldier, remember, when, like, like, get, like when all the soldiers are getting shot, he just, like, leaps forward. Oh. <laughs> so when we get into the end of the war. It's the oh. end of the war. There's a there's like forty five minutes of just war happening that is kind of boring. it's not that long it's like it's it's shorter it's at than least that, 30 but minutes. it's it's a good amount of time of just like World War One yeah hey guys a lot of just like war World shots. War One kind of sucked didn't it and in that there's like a bomb that goes off that happens nowhere near this man but he fucking like dives to his death he like he's like he I'm wanted to die I'm leaping into the shrapnel everybody um this is my time uh, um I you know and talking about that like this is a movie this is a movie about about World War One, I. I think it's about World War One in a very it, it's weird because part of the movie is definitely very like propaganda y. It it definitely falls into propaganda. I don't yeah. even think you need to add the it's, e. Like this movie is for sure propaganda. But but also I think like I think a big message of the movie is like war is hell. War is hell. Um, um or what what is that that one French soldier say like c'est la guerre. Like, like yeah. it's, 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 it's really, it's, I don't know, because it's, it's simultaneously glorifying, but also, I guess, I guess this is a thing that war movies have been struggling with for a hundred fucking years, but like, you yeah. can't, it, you can't make a movie or tell a story about, unless you're Kurt Vonnegut, like, you can't tell a story mm -hmm. about war that doesn't also simultaneously glorify, like, the fact that these are kids who are just fucking killing themselves. 
I agree. Um, uh, I think yeah, this movie has a serious that. problem glorifying war. <sighs> and but, it falls but, into the problem, though, of even though it's like, ah, oh, war, and he has a cane, which means he has PTSD now, and his best friend died, it's still like, oh, well, all he needed was Mary, and he's fixed now. Just yeah. a nice woman to band-aid that over. But it's it's wild, right? Because, and, like, I guess this this movie didn't know that the Great Depression and World War II was about to happen. But, like, like, it's wild because this movie... Um, this movie came out nine years after World War One ended, and it is entirely reasonable to think that a lot of the people who are in this movie were in the war, experienced the war. A lot of the people who would go see this movie would have also been there and experienced it. And, like, like the guy who directed this movie was a pilot. Like, he was an experienced pilot, which meant he probably also experienced uh, a little bit of, of what of he wrote about. He was the, what this movie was about. Yeah. Um, and probably helped him direct a lot of those aerial shots, to be honest. But like, what, 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 were, were there scenes in this movie that we found comedic, maybe that these people watching would have like been horrified by, like, oh my god, like, um, and and it's also another thing where like there is a scene, there's an aerial shot in this movie of like a bunch of soldiers moving from trenches to trenches, and I pointed out at the time, like you know, this movie came out very recently after World War One. A lot of those trenches are probably from the war and they were just still there. A lot of the barbed wire was probably still there. Like, like you can still go to a lot of fields in France and Germany today and they are still like riddled with just debris and shit from World War One and Two. Um, like, but, but, but in this movie, it's one of those things where I'm just kind of like, it's weird. Like, is this movie's intent to glorify war or to make all these people who experienced it who are definitely watching this movie now mm -hmm. and are probably now in their late 20s um, because it's only been nine fucking years yeah. make feel better about it? But also, if you're going to do that, why have this horrible scene of your main character absolutely murdering his best friend? It, it Yeah, I think... There's an amount of, you don't know who the audience is for this movie, because on one hand, I think a big part of it is like, oh, these experiences, and I think there are two audiences you could assume. Mm -hmm. On one hand, it could be, for the masses, this is a movie I wrote for people who didn't, who don't know what the war is like, and I wanted to give them a taste of it, the, mm -hmm. the joys and the pains and the whatever, right? So like the propaganda that's going through your head of, oh, well, I feel this glorious, but also it's terrible. Um... So it could just be a like a movie for people who weren't involved. Or it could be a man writing a story that he wished he would have lived. Like, this is a man who went through war, and he's like, wouldn't this have been better? I wish I'd killed my best friend. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it, is, it, is a very, it, it is a movie that's very flip-floppy in, I think, tone and theme. Yeah, it is wildly flip-floppy in tone. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess, I don't know, like, I can't. I'm I'm sure I could do a lot of reading about like what the director intended and what what big film critics think about this movie and like what it means about war and society. But to me, I don't know. Like like just like being being like I don't know. Like I've been alive for not that long, and most of my life, the United States has been in an era of perpetual war, and like for for this movie to come out in an era when like the idea of a war this big and this terrible happening was like a wild event. I'm just kind of like, I don't know, like, what, what are you trying to say about it, though? Like, do you want it to never happen again? Or do you think it was fucking awesome? Like, you can't, you can't both be like, you can't, you can't commend children for going out and dying for a fucking rich man's war, or right? Like, this weird war yeah. of ideal. Like, World War One more so than World War Two was a war that didn't really have any sides. Everybody, there was no, like, potent good versus evil ideology. It was just a bunch of countries going to war because politically that had to happen. And it's like, I don't know, why are we glorifying this? And, yeah. and, and it, it's a thing that I think, like, we're going to be watching a lot of fucking war movies Ugh. in this because so many of them win awards. And I wonder how many of them are, like, in hindsight, like, not really saying anything about war other than it makes heroes. And it's sad. And we have to forgive the ones who do shitty things because they're heroes. I do think that is kind of the message we get at the end. Like, that is the the taste that is left in your mouth, no matter what else the movie is trying to say, is yeah, Jack it's... has done a terrible thing. He has killed his best friend. But and it's... at the end of the day, he's killed lots of people and everyone forgives him and he never has to face the one person who really gets hurt by it the most who gets betrayed the most mm -hmm. the fiance who's literally only ever been mistreated by jack um 
Yeah, it's, it's... They never confront each other, and everyone else forgives him. And I think at the end of that, you, it leaves you with the feeling of, it doesn't matter if you're a monster, because you're a hero now. Yeah, it's... Your uh, sins are forgiven. It, and, and maybe and maybe that's that's what this movie's trying to tell all these people. Oh, no, my phone went off. I, I guess that is kind of what the message and tone of this movie is that I kind of disagree with, is that, is that, like, you know, whatever bad things you guys did out there, you know, people who were experienced this watching this movie, it's okay because you're heroes and like that sucks no that super sucks zero out of ten that's a terrible message but it makes sense that somebody who's in the war would make this message yeah because how else do you live with the things you've done yeah i mean i guess i guess maybe that's the thing is is like instead of teaching people how to live with the things they've done we just slap a band-aid over it and call them heroes we just give them a merry and then and also give them like an incredibly ostentatiously shitty parade like god one of my notes is, just says, kill your best friend, get a parade. Get a parade. I lo- I, you know, if I ever killed my best friend, I would hope I get a parade. Fucking good job. Um, so another thing I want to talk about, because I think it's interesting, and I think you disagreed with me a little bit when we were watching the movie, was they have this line of there's this ace German pilot who they call chivalrous. At one point, uh, Jack's ah. gun gets, like, jammed. And this chivalrous German pilot is like, ah, fellow pilots, we know how it be. Since you can't fire at me, I won't fire at you. And he, like, leaves. Um, and later, when Jack is first thought dead by everyone, the same German pilot, like, flies into enemy lines to deliver the note that's like, hey, your friend's dead. No, no, I agreed with you on that. I'm not done. And then later on, um, he gets killed and we see him lying on top of, like, a very ostentatious German... Iron Cross. Iron Cross. And you disagreed. You didn't know if it was him on the Iron Cross, but I think it is. And I think... It, I'm not sure what the movie's trying to say, but I feel like he is a reoccurring character that is supposed to humanize the German forces. Yeah. Um, in a way that's really interesting. Because there's, like, this ideal of airplane chivalry that literally only exists with this one, like, ace pilot... Because very quickly we see other pilots not have that chivalry and just shoot like a downed man. Who I would like to add, like this this guy's clearly like a pastiche of like Baron von Richthofen, the yeah. Red Baron. Like that's like clearly what this guy's supposed to be. He's called like Harkonnen or something. Yeah. That's the guy from Dune. But whatever. Like, yeah, I, I think it's wild because like it's like one scene, it's like, oh David, I cannot shoot you down because you're in an honorable position. But like later Jack gets the Jack gets totally shot down, and then when he's on the ground and helpless, they dive bomb. This is like the same fucking scene. Yeah. So clearly, like this chivalry is non-existent, or or, or maybe this, maybe or, I don't know. Like I don't know what this movie believes because again, yeah. its tone is so fucking flip floppy. It's we get, true. We get dog pallbearers in this movie, and it's adorable. <laughs> but like, what does it? What does this say about the war economy? Um, the dog pallbearers are very good. Uh, but yeah, it's it's one of the things that happens in the movie that happens very far apart from each other, and I think it'd be really easy to, and maybe they're not the same person, but to think that, like, you're not sure if it's the same dude person. because it happens so far apart. My, Because my, my belief was that the the plane that David shot that was trying to get into the air was the captain. Yeah, and that's the same guy I think they put on oh, they top just, of the like, cross. Oh, they just, like, laid him on top yeah, of a bunch of... because yeah. he's the ace. Oh, that's fair. I guess, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so later on... So I think the dichotomy of it is, is that originally this ace chooses not to shoot Jack because Jack's gun gets jammed, and later on Jack kills him when he's escaping. And it's like, trying to say something, but doesn't say anything. Right, and I, I guess like, like similarly, like when, when, Jack, when Jack sees the plane that David has taken, mm-hmm. he, like the camera like, like fucking like focuses in on the iron cross on the side of the plane and like yeah. it's like you have like a little like a little there's no because there's no dialogue in this movie because it's a silent film you a have little a, sentence pops you up. have a little sense that pops up that's like all jack sees is the iron cross and all this is is another enemy to kill and it's like you know like it's trying this movie is like trying to say something about how like when like in war you like when you're trained to kill that's it's all almost you do. like everyone's color coded for efficiency for efficiency yeah exactly but it's like i don't know like I've seen really shitty episodes of like fucking anime that do, that do this way better and with like way more nuance. It's also okay. It's also just kind of rough well, tr- that this is the most visible anybody's face is ever. He can, it is so hard to believe that he did not recognize his best friend's face. He, and They're his, so close to each other. I will say I I do th- I do love this scene because, because again David isn't 
wearing like a helmet or anything. He's, he's not even just, wearing. He's not even wearing a German uniform. He's not even wearing he's, a German uniform. He's wearing like dirty white clothes. With, like, a lot, he looks super out it. of place. He's like waving his arm around and not firing. And there are just like a million different giveaways. And it's like the 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 movie wants you to read it as like ah oh, Jack is like his bloodlust his his quest his for vengeance, vengeance. for yeah. uh, vengeance for David means I have to kill David. It's very much like you know it, it, this movie does feel like Pearl Harbor the shitty Michael Bay movie in a lot of ways more so in this one than I think others. But like I I do like this scene though because I think it's incredibly heartbreaking to just have to watch this character who you like. Yeah, you have to like, watch David refuse to fight for himself. Re- like, refusing to fight for himself for the last time. Like, sc- <laughs> desperately screaming at Jack. Like, don't you recognize me, Jack? Also, this is the second time somebody's yelled, don't you recognize me to Jack? And Jack did not recognize Jack them. Jack did not recognize them. God, I really do feel like the movie is trying... It's trying to do something. It's trying... But and- it just frames... Just, Jack is being the shittiest dude. I just don't... I don't think this movie... I don't think the writing is where this movie needs it to be. I don't think the the film language that this movie's using is quite tight enough to do it with symbolism. Because it, it... It does tries. It does get some really good symbolism in, it right? Does. Like Like when... Um, when you when, find out when David, that David is Jesus. David, when David dies, we don't see him die. We see a propeller slowly stop spinning. Stop spinning. And which is really good. Really good. But the movie rarely hits those thematic highs. Just before that propeller stopped spinning, he crashed into Jesus. He crashed into a church to die. And then a fucking French guy was like, c'est la guerre. Like... Like oh, he, not only that, but after the propeller stops and he died, a doctor walks in. Me, a doctor in the fields of France, and I brought my dog, Paul Bearer Perkins. <laughs> oh my god, sorry, this doesn't matter at all, but I feel like it does. So, our delightful boy David has a butler? Who oh, is, that's right! Yeah, who I, is the most... What is Batman's butler name? Oh, Alfred. He's the most Alfred-looking motherfucker. Honestly, I really thought that, like, there was, like, a moment in this movie where, like, man, are his parents gonna die and he's gonna be... This we is never see of, the butler again. This is the most Batman-ass-looking... I really wish there was a scene where, like, the butler was, was like... Was, like, crying against like, the window Like, still. sitting in, like, a kitchen, like, like, like with, like, a bowl of flour or something, and just being like, oh, 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 no, my ward. Well, I am tied to only financially, but for some reason people always espouse weird emotional connections between paid servants and their rich masters oh, oh, oh it's like this was perpetuated by the romans and it's kind of just stuck around ever since oh, oh, oh. but like uh, we don't we don't get to see that butler ever again this this guy really is fucking batman though except yeah. his dad's in a wheelchair which i think it's nice. if you made batman's dad who's a, a world-renowned surgeon a dude in a wheelchair i think that would make him a lot cooler as like batman's dad I don't know what the stigma around being in a, a wheelchair for the time is but i think it's really cool that his dad's in a wheelchair and in like an old it, wheelchair. Like, yeah. It's just a chair. It's like a fucking chair with four legs that they just put wheels, wheels on. on. Yeah, and it's great. Again, because he really loves his parents. He, like, kisses his mom just square on the mouth. Square on the lips. Kisses his dad like square on the cheek. It's a great time. I, I, do, I do wish he went full McElroy. Just both but, parents. Yeah, kissed his dad square on the lips, but no. He, <laughs> he, he kisses a, his mom and his dad square on the lips, and then looks at them and he's like, now it's like you guys now, kissed. Now it's like you two have smooched. Um, but, well, I guess that means that Jack's technically kissed David's parents. Yeah, I guess that's Because he does get a little puckering in the corner there. Or he considers David his dad. I don't know. No. Um, I, as a side note, I think a thing that kind of sucks... Um, is how little Sylvia gets a voice in this as well, because I feel like Sylvia is genuinely one of the most interesting characters in this entire show. Um, David is lovable because he's, like, the most patient man you'll ever meet. Uh, But the thing that is interesting about David and Jack's relationship is Sylvia, and the fact that she's literally not into Jack at all and in love with her fiancé, David, and she gets almost no voice this entire movie. And I kind of wish that Mary wasn't a part of this. Like, I think Mary does a great job acting, but her character is nothing. Like, her character is just there to get punched repeatedly until she is kissed. Um, and I feel like it'd be more interesting if we spent more time with Sylvia and really developed her character as a person. Because I think she has more to add to the movie. This movie's sidelining of the, of the female lead it is wild is, that she it is sucks. on it sucks. the portraits and has literally nothing like to do she with is the story. literally top billing in this movie. She's the most famous person in this film, and like her, I, her role is to just be 
eye candy. Her role is to both be eye candy, but be shamed for being eye candy, a thing that happens in this movie. And so she's eye candy, shamed for being eye candy, and forever in love with Jack, someone who literally does not give a shit about her until nobody is left for him. It's I, I it's one of those things. Like I'm not I'm not surprised by the the shitty treatment of women in this movie because yeah. it's so old. What I will say is this: I am surprised at how how worse it's going to get because it's going to yeah it's like true. like it, this was honestly like this character was such a breath of fresh air compared to what I thought we were gonna like. We watched a movie not too long ago as practice. Where the woman character in that, who is the lead, is like... Literally the most annoying human being you've ever met. Sh- Shadows. And like, don't get me wrong, that movie was still, I think, progressive in a lot of ways that we weren't expecting. Yeah. But I, and I guess maybe this is this like kind of the thing that we're just going to harp on is like, it really sucks, but like, it's like, we're not, we're not surprised. It's just like, th- this is what it is and it fucking sucks. Yeah. And um, again, I, it is such it a shame. it doesn't have to be that way. No, her, her acting is... You want to like her so much. And I don't, I shouldn't even say, you do like her. Like, you're really rooting for this woman, even though they give her nothing. They give her no dialogue to make her interesting. Well, but the way she's they, acting they, is so interesting. They can't really give her dialogue. Yeah. But I get what you mean. She, she, her, her she, actions, her direct action, because again, this movie yeah. with no dialogue, the direct thing that she is doing is pining after Jack the whole fucking movie. Even but though... But in the moments when she's not pining for Jack, she's really interesting. Like, she has these really brave moments where she, like, signs up to do war. And she's, like, doing these really interesting poses that are, like, classically unfeminine. And she's such an interesting character. But the movie does not want her to be that. And I feel like the actress was really trying to put in more than the movie wanted her to be. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I, I will say, like, like no... I get This is no shortage... I feel like everybody's, all of the leads, the three leads in this movie mm-hmm. are phenomenal in their performances. Um, as much as we shit on Jack, his actor's doing a really good job. The writing just doesn't the writing, give him anything. The writing is just not giving him anything to do that is heroic other than being good at killing guys. He's so good at killing his best friend. Like the best acting he does is at the end of the movie when he's like alone in the room and he's like about to confront David's parents. Yeah. That is, that is like... And hard he's stop just staring at the portrait being like shut up don't talk yeah, to don't me. talk to me um uh, I, I didn't mean to do it right like fucking yeah. you you um one thing that i will say uh this isn't directly tied to the movie but it was a lot more enjoyable to watch a silent film than i thought it was gonna be uh and i think a part of that fun is you get to really read people's lips and like insert what you think they're saying in a way that is you get to, super fun. You get to really fan. You get to abridge like it. reading a book. You kind of get to add in character because they're talking for a lot of the movie, even you, even though you don't hear it. And so you can kind of like intersperse words and stuff, and it's a great time. Yeah, it's 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 genuinely. I I, I think. Like, don't knock on it. I think I highly recommend... Like, get a group of friends together and each of you choose a character. Choose. I mean, I hopefully pick a movie that has more than three three characters in it. Although, I guess this movie does have a couple of reoccurring characters that are yeah. not worth talking about. No. Because they're, it's not really... Like, you know, we get like a like a jiggling flag American man. Um, so, there's a man who's a Dutch and everyone's like, oh, no, no, you're German and we're being a little racist. And he's like... And he's tattooed a flag onto his arm and so he shakes his, like, arm muscle and, and it, it makes, makes the, the flag, flag look wave. like it's waving but he doesn't he still doesn't get to be a pilot though he still can't be a pilot he has to be uh, uh, at one point at one point he calls another character i called him a mech a mech he gets to be a mechanic he gets to be a mechanic he does not in fact get turned into a robot evangelion style um no but he uh at one point he calls another character an irisher and i was like that's a really weird yeah like it's, it's not, not that s- long ago that we hated irish people too too they just got to be white they just yeah Honestly, this movie's, like, biggest racism is just that black people don't exist. Uh, That's true. Which is wild, because, like, black people definitely existed, and they definitely fought in World War I. Um, we don't see them here, not one. But we don't we don't, we don't, don't get to see one. Not at all. Not at all. Um, um, I think, not we even looking. in France, which is honestly really disappointing, because France has a huge black population. Well, they had an entire, uh, I think they had an entire, and this might have been World War II, but they had an entire, like, black battalion. Yeah. Uh, that was mostly American, I think. French. Speaking of American soldiers, fun fact, they use the term doughboys in this movie, which I thought was really interesting. So I looked it up, and the term, it's debated when it started, but it either started in World War One or in the Mexican-American War, because American soldiers would get so dusty that they looked like they were covered in flour. Like doughboys. Hmm. So there you go. There you go. There you go. 
And that's why it's called the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah, he was a veteran. I don't think that's He's true. Stealing valor. Oh. The Pillsbury Doughboy's fucking stealing valor from World War One vets. Uh, I think the only thing that's left to mention is uh, Chekhov's teddy bear. Oh, that's right. I think it's... This movie has better, like, blocking and foreshadowing than... Um, a lot of movies. Than a lot of... I was specifically going to say than fucking Suicide Squad, which came out in 2016. That's true. Like, this movie introduces this teddy bear. We've talked about it before. David has this teddy bear that he takes from his mom. There are multiple points in this movie where he pulls out this teddy bear and just kind of looks at it and puts it in... Or he, like, he like adjusts it. In his pocket or, like, make sure it's still there. And at the very end of the movie, right before Jack totally shits on him and lets him die, he tells Jack, like, hey, Jack... You better take my be- my teddy bear. Sorry, what did people talk like back then? Hey, Jack, you better take my teddy bear home back to my mom. I don't think I'm gonna make it back this I time. I just, I just, I just don't think I'm gonna make it back, back this time, Jack. To which, uh, I was gonna call him Jerry, and not his name. Jack, I literally which, have been saying his name this like five times to help it's you. It's so boring. To which Jack is such a piece of shit and is like, nah, don't worry about it. I'm not gonna. Nah. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna be okay. And then. It's the most dismissive thing to your friend being like, I think I might die this I time. I think like literally it's like if my buddy was like, hey, listen, Andy, if, if you, if you, if I, I just feel like I'm not gonna, I, feel, I just feel like I'm not gonna make it back from McDonald's tonight. Could you please take, take my, take my, my weird medal and give it to my parents? I'd be like, you're not going to McDonald's tonight. You're staying here. Fuck, fuck all. No. No. You'd become a little bit Irish. I'd become a little bit Irish. I'd be like, no, you're not allowed to leave. In fact, in fact, we're not going to McDonald's tonight anymore. Yeah, we if were you're going feeling go, that way, we're not we're, we're leaving. Not going, we're going to Carl's Jr. We're going to In-N-Out. Like, we're not going to McDonald's. We're going to order in, actually. We're going to order home? in. They're going to bring it to us. And then who's at the door? Oh, no, it's a hitman. Point in case is like... You'd be the, worried about your friend. You'd be worried. This, J- Jack is not worried. Jack does not care. Um, but then at the very end of the scene, after they had their big fight... As uh, David grabs his goggles and stuff to leave, he leaves. He forgets the teddy- his teddy bear on the desk. And uh, fun fact: the Dutchman making a run back sees the teddy bear, grabs it, and like runs after him. But it's too late. It's He's too gone. Late. He's already flown away. And he. Oh. I also we- like the friendship that's like. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, implied. In- implied. Thank you. Of like. This Dutchman knowing that he has the teddy bear all the time? Yeah. It's nice. It's a nice bit of camaraderie of like, oh. This is his luck charm. This is his good luck like, charm. Like, we were introduced to the character at the very beginning of oh, the movie. Oh, I forgot about Mr. White. White. Who's like fucking seven foot two and just like a big... Um, Honestly, the uh, coolest character in this movie. If I had this... to choose someone to be the hottest, it was him. He puts on like this super, super cool trench coat. Uh, nobody ever gets that trench coat again, Nobody gets is, that trench which coat. Which sucks. But and then they start talking about good luck charms, and he's like, I don't keep a good luck charm, like, and then crashes his plane dies. into the ground. He, like, he like walks, walks out of the tent and exit, dies. Yeah, exits stage left directly into his fucking grave. It is the fastest a character has ever been like, yeah, I'm going to die in this movie, and then fucking bites it. Like, David gets the whole last movie, but this guy gets two scenes. But he's so cool. He's so cool. He leaves, he forgets his Hershey bar, and Jack's No, he, like, offers this. them a bite, uh, and then they, and then, uh... Jack says no because he's on a diet. <laughs> and I'm, I'm doing keto. I'm doing I'm, keto. I'm a piece of shit. Um, haven't you seen that I suck? And David's like, no, I'm... <laughs> I'm better than Jack. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but but I'm going to politely decline. Thank you so much for offering. And then he leaves the candy bar behind for them in case they want some. In case they want some. Because Mr. White's also better than Jack. They're also better than Jack. He's like, hey, I'm going to die, so here, have some fucking chocolate. A guy like yeah, me. Yeah, so they're packing up his stuff and they keep the time. chocolate. Oh, my God. The coolest scene. The coolest scene. The best moment. David's best moment is he's sneaking through this, like, German Oh, that's pan. right. I forgot about this. He's so because he's he's he got shot down right, but he's not actually dead. He's behind enemy lines, and he's sneaking through this German camp, and he's like hiding behind this like a series of boxes or whatever. And this German walking by is like smoking a cigarette, and he just casually like like first of all wastes a cigarette. You could have put that out and smoked it later, but just throws this still lit cigarette over this wall like done with it. David picks it up, smokes it, and keeps sneaking while he's smoking the cigarette in the coolest scene ever. There is nothing... This is some fucking solid snake-ass shit. Like, there is nothing, I think, more intimidating than smoking the cigarette of the enemy while they are right there. Like, like this man has not escaped yet, but you know what? David could have turned around and been like, what a waste. Fuck it. What do they call them? Fucking heinies. Yeah. 
I don't know why they're called heinies, I don't by know the way. Why they're I, heinies I, 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 I have to assume it's because the, the Germans are just known for having good butts. They're good butts. No. Just tight little asses. No, I think it has something to do with like the whoever was like in charge. Apparently, Heine's a very popular name. Maybe it's just like maybe it's kind of like you know how like we call like Americans Joes. Maybe it's like that. Um, it's just a very common German name. But uh, that seems a little too unimaginative. A thing that I will compliment this movie on is this for like a very masculine war movie. They don't do the thing that I expected as much as I expected. They do it exactly once, which is the thing where they're like, "Ah, what are you, a bunch of women?" Oh yeah, at the beginning. They only during, do it once, though. They never do it again. And it's during, and it is during boot camp, which is when you would expect it to happen. Yeah. Um, it sucks, but it sucks that one time. But I'm genuinely impressed. It only happens the once. I've seen a lot of war movies that like are constantly nagging in yeah, that way. What are y'all, bunch of women? Yeah, pussy. Fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. So good for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we? How do we feel about this then? So look, would would. First of all, do we think this movie was worthy of its Oscar? Honestly, I just... don't know what an Oscar is worth. Let's start with that. But this movie was a fun watch. Yeah, absolutely. This movie is a great watch. Again, if you want to get together with like a group of friends, I recommend you can just insert a lot of your own characters into things. B, expect Mary to get shat on literally all of the time. It's... Like Mary should have slapped him and dated Honestly, like Sylvia. J- J- Jack should have died and David should have ended up with no one. No, and... uh... David can end up with his fiance. They can yeah, be happy. Yeah, and Mary can just move on and have and a better life. Mary can move on and have a better life. Like join um, the French lesbians. Be Polly. Um, this is a table for three now. But oh no, now the camera can't get through. Now the camera can't get through. No, then it goes back through the other way, but it stops at her table because she's now it's three. Uh, now she's holding the glass of champagne. Yeah, and, she's and she like winks at the camera. Ah, uh, so good. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, no, I definitely think this movie's totally rewatchable. I don't think anything, nothing like. I think there's nothing outrageous about it. No. Other than, like, it's honestly genuinely kind of a good movie. Yeah. Uh, There were definitely moments where we were, like, cheering. It's all of the David moments. Oh, yeah. Like, David is absolutely, like, the fucking best, like, character. There's a point in the movie where he steals a plane like it's a Gundam. Like, how can you not root for this guy? Yeah, it's so cool. Um, yeah. So, don't expect this movie to be more than it is, but if you go in with the expectation of a fun time then I think you'll have a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't... I, I do wonder, because we are going to watch a mm-hmm. lot of war movies. Yeah. And especially, like, we're going to be watching movies about World War II that are being made and winning awards as World War II is happening. Which is wild. I do wonder how how future war movies are going to stack up what is one of the earliest war movies to be made. Did this movie earn its Oscar? Um, I haven't seen a lot of movies from the 20s. I know that um, Metropolis and uh, came out, I okay. think, the same year. And obviously didn't win an award because we just, we hated Germans. And uh, German expressionism is, like, totally awesome. And if you haven't seen Metropolis, I don't, I don't necessarily recommend it. It's also a silent movie. I, don't, I think it's a lot more visually striking than this movie in terms of like its aesthetic and what it's going for. But like there are better German expressionist movies that you can watch by Franz Litz. I would probably give this award to give an Oscar to Metropolis over this movie mm-hmm. because it's more of like a fucking art, piece of art. Yeah. But this is a good time. It's like genuinely a lot of like I, I don't think Metropolis is fun. I think this movie is fucking fun. Yeah. And like like absolutely like easy to understand what it's trying to do even mm-hmm. if it's not quite doing anything yeah um it's kind of like all american cinema um but yeah i totally recommend it i totally think it's it's worth watching okay so not worth an oscar but worth a watch worth a watch for sure and like i you know i don't know like i think a lot of quote-unquote good artistic movies aren't worth watching unless yeah. you're like deep in the shit of like wanting to like like if like it's like hey i want to know more about german expressionism watch a tim burton movie he gets really into that shit you know what was your highlight of the movie my highlight of the movie ah uh, oof do you have one ready to go uh i this is the i just the dog paul bearer the, the dog paul bearer was really like no wait i changed my mind i have one Okay. Dog Paul Bear is like a high, mm-hmm. but I think there's a higher high. Okay, are you gonna say it? No, I'm waiting for you to. You're do waiting yours. for me. Yeah. I think honestly, the highlight of this movie for me is two different scenes. I think 
I'll, I'll, I'll tell, I'll break it up into two scenes first. Uh, the first, you, you said the dog Paul Bear, so I'll go with the smaller scene, the smaller scene first, um, which is, I really liked the scene, uh, that we talked about earlier when Mary pulls up into the village and it's, like, beautifully shot and she gets out and this is the first time you see her in, like, the uniform because it is a good look. Yeah. And then when she falls onto the floor... And she falls onto the floor and has, like, the wide, like, pose and stuff that is, like, classically unfeminine. I thought all of that was great. Honestly, just it, her driving was, like, like with yeah. the fucking, like, one of her legs up on the fucking dash. Like, whoa. Yeah. That whole, when she's introduced in the war, that whole yeah. scene is great. Mad Dom energy. Mad Dom energy. I kind of wish she kept that. Yeah. It was a scene in which I thought, holy shit, is Mary going to be a character? This was dashed very quickly. Yeah. But in those moments, I believed. Well, I mean, I will say, I think she's given more to do in terms of, like, like, I don't know, being un. Uh, uh, and maybe maybe it's just because the beauty standards have changed so much. Yeah. But like I I I love her yeah. aesthetic. I love what she's doing. She's I love her personality. Girl. Yeah, she's an it girl. Uh, what was your second scene? Um, Memories all alone in the moonlight. Okay, so explain that scene. There's just there's just a moment after after David dies where it just says memories and I was just like lost in my shit okay so my first favorite scene is a very similar scene it's the moment when we see the woman all in black praying on her knees then she grabs her child out of the way David just plane crashes into Jesus and I turned to you and I went David is Jesus David is Jesus Uh, oh man the ending of that movie is a ride. That, that uh, yeah, like I said, I think this movie is kind of like high energy for most of it. Honestly, yeah. Like the beginning's a little slow, and I think there's that that middle bit. That middle bit where it's just drunk. like war happening. Yeah, the or there's I guess there's three parts of the movie where it kind of lulls. Totally go watch it. You can get it for free at the Internet Archive. Yeah. Uh, it's an old movie. Paramount can go fuck themselves. Uh, art should be free. We've been your critics. I'm Mavis Evergreen. And I'm Andy Reyes. Uh, you can find me at Awkward Allegory. Uh, you can find me at Royalty underscore Violence. You can also find me at my other podcast, Direct2 Video. You can go to our website, direct2.video. Um, that's a much more kind of laid back, watching shitty things time, although this might turn into that at some point. Um, it's, it, I guess it's less, less serious and more just kind of really f- trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with all, all these bad movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. So next time we'll be in the year 1929 again for the best director, Seventh Heaven. Directed by Frank Borzaggi. 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 So, uh, be prepared for some more 1929 facts. Yeah, we're we're sticking in in the year. We're in the shit. Let's do it. My favorite year. I hope not. invented fruit smack now called kool-aid they called it fruit smack it was called fruit smack that sounds kind of racist i kind of love it not because it sounds racist (laughs) (laughs) but because it's called fruit smack i just i love the idea of handing kool-aid to a child and be like have some fruit smack and shut up isn't smack like slang for like cocaine or something it is so it was just like fruit cocaine yeah i think so i think that was the idea when was the kool-aid man invented